welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. I don't know if you're a, um, an IT crowd fan or not. It's like a, a pretty old UK sitcom now, but a couple of guys... Roy and Moss, they are IT guys for this company, and everyone's always contacting them and saying, my computer doesn't work, and, and what they're basically saying all the time is, have you tried turning it off and on again? And I've just had that sort of thought in my mind a lot, and that's why this message is all about resetting, turning church off and on again for a new beginning. I don't know if you've got a PC. I have one at home. I've also got a MacBook. This doesn't apply to MacBook owners because Mac's so awesome. But for PC owners, you know what I'm talking about when um, the, the longer you have your computer on, it just seems to get slower and slower. And the more apps you got open or whatever, it's just clogs down. And the very best thing to do sometimes is just to turn it off and walk away, then come back a little bit later on and turn it back on again, reset it. And then things seem to go smoothly again. And I just think that's what this time um, is really like. As we haven't been able to gather in larger church gatherings, it's been a time of pause that we can stop and we can recalibrate our lives and our church the way we do church um, and then start it afresh um, with the original foundation of looking at what church was like um, at the very beginning in Acts chapter 2. So I'm very excited and passionate about this message today. Um, I just love church. Um, Every time I talk about church, I just get so passionate about it because Jesus loves the church. He died for the church. Church is a big deal to Jesus and it should be to us as well. So the first mention of this is um, in Matthew 16, uh, the second half of of uh, verse 18. um, And Peter, Jesus is talking to Peter and Jesus says this, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will build my church. And I've been talking to pastors and some of them are just really discouraged. It's like, do we even have a church to go back to? It's sort of like people, are they still going to be there? Are what church is going to look like? The social climate of New Zealand at the moment. And I just want to say, let's be encouraged about this verse because Jesus doesn't lie. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. COVID won't be able to prevail against it. The moral climate um, of this The Western world is not going to prevail against the church. Jesus loves the church. He's building his church. He's coming back for a glorious bride. And I'm so excited about that. We can be a part of that and and help Jesus build the church. And that word church, um, originally it's a Greek word called ecclesia or ecclesia. And that was an interesting term. It wasn't a religious term at all. It was like a civic term or a civil term, secular term that Jesus used. And ecclesia in the time was when you belong to a a township or a a group of people, the authorities would call an ecclesia. And that meant that you would leave what you were doing and you would gather together as a group of people to be encouraged, to hear about the news, to to hear things that would impact your life, um, to be encouraged. And then you would leave the ecclesia and go back taking what you had learned uh, to your everyday life. And that is the word that Jesus used, ecclesia, and that's what church is all about. We're never meant to separate ourselves from the world and just be our own separate cult somewhere. Yes, we do come together as the church. We are encouraged. We get taught from the word of God. We minister to one another. We get impacted by God. And then Jesus always meant that we would go back into our communities, into our sphere of influence and, and change the world. That's what he always 
intended, uh, which makes me really excited. So that's uh, where we first hear this word church. And then the second time we see the, the birth of the early church is in Acts chapter 2. Jesus said to his believers, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. So they're obedient. They're passionate. They're not quite sure what the power of God looks like as far as power from on high. But they are just so passionate and expected. Uh, expectant. God moves upon them. The Holy Spirit falls. They are all baptized with the power of God. They get passionate for him. They get enthusiastic. Uh, for him. Um, they get filled with the power of God. They can speak in an unlearned language, which is available for all of us who call ourselves believers. But they don't stay hanging out in the upper room for good and just have a good time. Then they leave there, and once again, they start transforming their world. And then we read from Acts chapter 2, verse 41. This is what church was like at the very beginning. This is God's blueprint for church. And again, um, have we deviated a little bit from this pattern? Is it time that We've had a pause. We've been able to reset. Let's go back to the very beginning. I thought this morning, I, I couldn't remember the last time I read out of the, an actual literal Bible um, on a Sunday morning. It's always been like an app because they're just so, so awesome. But this morning, we're going back to the beginning. We're reading from the Word of God. I'm not sure if that's going to make it more anointed or not, but uh, whether it's like real or online, still the Word of God. But let's just go for it. Acts 2 verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I love those verses, the, the, the birth of the early church, how church happened in the very beginning. And some people would say, well, that's, that's Middle Eastern culture. Uh, that's a couple of thousand years ago. Church is a lot different. Um, I don't agree with that for this reason. The kingdom of heaven, kingdom's culture, the culture of heaven should always trump the culture of the places that we live in. Um, and, and there are many, all cultures have got amazing, great things, but we are now citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We are called ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. And kingdom culture trumps every other culture. So I believe this is so relevant to us and our churches, how we do church, wherever we are in the world. So relevant. So let's just unpack these verses. Verse 41, those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 Souls. This was the birth of the church. It started with a prayer meeting. People had an encounter with God. They were filled with the Spirit of God. Then they went out and changed their world. 3,000, like church was a mega church from day one. They were baptized. Uh, and that's so important. If you've never been water baptized, it's not just a symbolic thing we do. It's so powerful. Uh, was officiating at a wedding yesterday. It was a, a public gathering. Um, and Stephen and Stephanie wanted to show their friends and family that they loved each other and they were committing to each other for the rest of their lives. And that's very much what baptism is like. Um, the change that you've had in your heart, that you've 
made Jesus the Lord of your life, you want to tell everyone about that. You want to show that Jesus is now the Lord of your life, that now uh, your old life is gone, your new life has become your new destiny with Jesus. So please, I encourage you, if you haven't been water baptized before, please let us know, contact us, and we will point you in the, the right direction. Water baptisms are so amazing. Verse 42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to breaking of bread and the prayers. Devoted in the Greek, it's a proskiterio, something like that. Anyway, I've never been very good at pronouncing uh, Greek words. Uh, that means, though, to be intently engaged in, attend constantly to, to remain constantly in place. To be devoted to something, it's, it's serious. It demands sacrifice and it demands cost. And the early believers, they devoted themselves to community. They didn't just devote themselves to a Sunday service to serve once every while, just a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. It was a life. They devoted themselves to church community. And I love that with the Lounge Church pattern that, or the model that we've been doing the last few months, um, we've really discovered that church is not just a Sunday service. It's community. It's outside of church. It is a way of life. Um, and again, a challenge for us straight away. Do we just think of being devoted to churches? Okay, I'm devoted every Sunday. Or is it actually to a community of believers, to a faith walk, a journey with Jesus and with other people? Verse 43, an awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. The church has always been a place where the love and the power of God should be demonstrated. The church should always be the place where people can experience the love of God and people can experience the power of God. Now, getting back to that theme of resetting our church, this is something that God's really challenged me about because I've always been passionate about people encountering the power of God, but because of doing two services and, and, and the time restrictions, etc. what we have done recently is like, okay, we're closing the service now. Anyone wants to receive ministry, come up the front. Everyone else just go have a coffee or something. And it's almost been like we, we've tacked the power of God on as a sort of like an added extra, but not as a main part of our service. So we're going to change that. Uh, I'm changing my message, uh, message length now. I'm going to cut at least 10 minutes off them. No one's complained that these uh, online church <laughs> gathering messages have been 20 minutes or so. Uh, and we're going to make ministry a, a big part of our service. What we do, not just as an added extra, but something we, we value and we expect every time we gather together. So I'm excited about that. I hope you guys are too. It sounds like it in here anyway. Um, Signs and wonders were done through the apostles. Verse 44, all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as, as any had need. The church in the beginning, they were very, very compassionate and they were incredibly generous. They had no problem at all giving in to the community of believers, giving in to church. Uh, through tithes and offerings um, on, a, on a regular occurrence. Now, I was so excited last year about starting our, our message series on giving, and I got the first one done, and then we went into lockdown, so I sort of put that off until another time. Hopefully, it's coming soon. But we really need to, to understand this, that Christians are generous people. 
It should be a characteristic of our lives that we regularly give into the house of God and we regularly give to those people who are in need. Um, Christy was talking about the PushPay app that makes it so easy for people to give online. Now, PushPay has done a lot of research into this, and they said that in the last 30 years, giving in churches has decreased by 50%, which is more discouraging when you think that church is growing exponentially, but it just seems like people are giving less and less. And another um, statistic, and I don't want to roast younger generations, but I probably will, so please forgive me in advance. Uh, most of the people that are holding churches up financially are those people 40 years old and up. Uh, And I just want to challenge every young person, like Paul said to Timothy, set the example, young person. I know things are difficult with with tertiary costs and rents and, and mortgages are high, but I really do think it comes down to us living outside of our means, and perhaps we are focusing on ease a little bit too much, the worship of entertainment. Um, So if the last 30 years it's decreased by 50%, you guys are going to be the older ones in the next 30 years. Uh, So we really need to have a revival of giving, generous giving into the house of God, tithes and offerings once again. Um, Jesus knew what he was doing. He knows that church is the number one vehicle, his plan A for seeing the kingdom advance in planet earth. Um, He's devoted. He's committed. He gave his life to church. Uh, and, and, and we're called to, to model that with not just giving our, our lives. It's easy to say, oh, I give my life to God, but what about giving our wallets to Jesus? Said with a smile. <laughs> and day by day, attending. Oh, actually, one more thing too. Um, and I got this from an incredible Bible scholar that's, that's actually attending our church now called Mitch. He's amazing. Something I never understood before that, that people in those days, how they were very generous at giving to those that had need, so many people that gave uh, became believers. They were excommunicated from their families because they believed that Jesus was the Messiah. So a lot of people gave up literally everything. They had nothing at all. And generous people from churches gave in and, and helped them to, to reestablish their lives. Very, very good point. Verse 44, verse 46, sorry. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Day by day, it doesn't say Sunday by Sunday. It says day by day, they gathered in in the temple, the larger church gathering, and in smaller gatherings, in connect groups, in house groups, and in small groups. And I love that pattern. It's not just the large, it's not just the small, it is both. And the reason why this is Jesus' blueprint for the church is because we can do things so great in a large church gathering that we can't do in a small church gathering, um, worshiping with a whole lot of people. Um, the faith that rises with that, is, you just can't do that in a small group. Uh, vision casting, um, preaching powerfully, all that. The, the large church gathering is so important for that. They say the growth of the church comes through the large gathering, but the health of the church comes through the connect groups. And there are things that we just can't do well in a large church gathering that we can do so well with small groups. Discussion, and that's one thing that people have been so appreciating over the last three months is discussing and being able to pray for each other one-to-one. That that closeness of actually being vulnerable and journeying with each other, you just can't have that vulnerability um, in a large church gathering. Now, I've been meeting together for the last, it's almost 90 days, 
uh, it's like almost like 80, 78 or so days. We're counting down because, oh, that's another, another message for another time. Uh, but we've been gathering together, nine of us guys, every Sunday. Um, and we've been really, for myself personally, rediscovering the, the joy of Connect Group. And, and we've discussed, the discussions have been amazing. Um, we've laughed together. We've talked through a lot of deeper issues. Sometimes we cry uh, with each other. It's just been so powerful. And if you just think church is a Sunday morning, you are going to miss out on so much of church community. So as we move forward, as we reset, renew church, may I challenge you, let's be committed every Sunday. Um, again, speaking um, a message that, that Mitch preached last Sunday, which was amazing. You've got to listen to it. Thrive Church, Rangiora, an amazing church. Uh, commit on Sundays and be committed to connect groups. Let's readjust our lives so we can, we can do that. Uh, 47, praising God and having favor with all the people. Praising God, a culture of celebration. Uh, being extravagant in praise and worship. Coming together with joy-filled hearts, regardless of how stink or how good our week has been. Worshiping loudly, uh, with exuberance. I can't wait for that. And that's a benchmark, a characteristic of the early church, praising God. And then it says, having favor with all the people. The church had so much favor at the very beginning with people that even may not have agreed or, or believed in what the church believed in. It still had favor. People saw the church and, and esteemed it highly. And I'm declaring that again. You probably agree with me that in many cases now, the church is not seen in a positive light, um, especially in the Western world. But let's declare that, um, that the church will be favored in our communities and we can be salt and light and bring positive change to the towns and to the, the cities that God has planted us in. Maybe that means that we need to show um, an, a real, uh, authentic, vulnerable faith uh, that people can see and they know that we're not faking it anymore. And they'll be drawn to Jesus, they'll be drawn to church because of the lifestyle and, and the passion and the authenticity we have um, in our lives and our love for Jesus. The last verse here, it says, and the Lord added to their number day by day. It's interesting, it's the same phrase, day by day. They met together day by day. Uh, God added to their number those who are being saved. So Jesus said he will build his church, and then we see that it was the Lord that was adding to the church. Uh, and this is, this is something I want to really um, excite us with, Everything that God builds, he invites us to participate um, with him. He invites us to be co-laborers and co-builders with him. Jesus loved the church so much, he gave himself for it. He's building the church and he's giving us all an invitation to help build the church with him. God's giving you an invitation to, to be a part of something that is eternal, making an eternal difference in the lives of people that desperately need hope. They're broken and they need healing, um, that they need to be encouraged. They need to, to know that God loves them and has a destiny for them. We can all play our part in that. God is giving us an invitation. He's saying, Simon, will you play a part in building church with me? And he's giving all of us the same Invitation. I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about that uh, next week because time is almost up. But I want to finish with this verse in Psalm 68, verse 3 to 6. But let the godly rejoice, 
Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. Verse six, God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. God's family is church. And he's given us all, again, this incredible invitation of becoming a part of a family. Now, families are messy. Families are never perfect. Um, Sometimes you have verbal fisticuffs with your siblings, but it's all over in a couple of minutes and you love each other. Um, And if someone else speaks against your sibling, man, you'll, you'll fight on their behalf. There's something so strong about a family that you know that you belong, that you know that you are cared for, that you know that you have a place. And, and for anyone today, they feel lonely, they feel out of place, you feel broken, you feel like a prisoner. Just really want to encourage you that when you give your life to Jesus, you get it adopted into this incredible family called the church. You belong, you have value, um, you've got gifts, you, you, you've got importance, and you can start serving and building the family of God with other people. And that's such an incredible blessing. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.